Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. We are your guest hosts, Nicole Anoscopy. And Seraphim. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and make sure you leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow Michael on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at TheaterInTheNow, and visit TheaterInTheNow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Hello, hello, hello. I am Nicole Anoscopy. And I'm Seraphim. And today is a very special edition of Block Talk because we are turning the table on lyricist, theater critic, creator of Theater in the Now, and Block Talk, my drag daddy and yours, Michael Bradley Block. <laughs> Hi. How Hi. are you, Michael? I'm good. I'm scared. I don't Here. know. What, what am I doing? Oh, well, buckle up. <laughs> you are in for a ride. Here we go. Episode yeah. 120. How do you feel? I feel good. I am shocked that I've made it 120 episodes, to be completely honest. That is Me a lot. too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people who would probably be shocked, but no, I think it's a great accomplishment. I was going to do something special for episode 100, and then I forgot to do that, so You're here we are. You're a busy lady. You're <laughs> yeah. a busy Lady, well, today we are going to find out every darn thing about you. So Uh-oh. let's get started. Seraphim, do you have some questions for Michael? <gasps> I do. Oh my gosh, here we go. Um, so young Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm young. I like this. <laughs> oh, we're we're pretending. <laughs> Michael is not young. No, not <laughs> for you listeners, just to be clear. <laughs> Drag we're time traveling. Um. So, like, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Um, how did you get here? Where did you go to school? Spill it. I am originally from Mawa, New Jersey. New Jersey. That is spell Mawa. M-A-H-W-A-H. I hate that. Wow. Um, it is Lenny Lenape for the meeting place. What the fuck is Lenny Lenape? Guys, a, get Indian out. It's tribe. It's a Native American oh, tribe. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so Mawa is the meeting place, and I went. I lived in New Jersey my entire life. And it was fun, and it, being close to New York was like a really great opportunity for me. Um, I've not n- never really left the East Coast because I went to school in Boston. Okay. I uh, spent four years at Boston University studying theater. Ooh. Um, yeah. I have the a dark de- arts. The dark. <laughs> I have a degree in stage management, which oh, means yes. I'm really good at scheduling things and organizing things on paper, but you can tell in my room I'm not good at organizing my own life. Well, it's better than me. Some things can't be taught. It's true. It's true. But yeah, it, it, growing up in the East Coast has been really, really, I think, beneficial to where I am now because the East Coast is very, very fast-paced. and Oh, yes. It's take no prisoners. You push people down to get where you want to be. And <laughs> it's not necessarily the, the philosophy I have, but it helped me, like... Be a go-getter and do the things that I wanted to do. And Certainly. Yeah. So, <laughs> go for it. I was going to say, if you have personally been pushed down by Michael Block to, for him to get where he is, comment Sound off in the comments below. <laughs> yes, please. I, yes. I apologize to whoever you were. <laughs> so, what did young Michael want to be when he grew up? Honestly, when I was younger, I really wanted to be some sort of artist. Like, I, art class was like my jam. That's all I would do. Um, and then for a while it was always like 
interior design. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah, right? I mean, clearly, if you look at my apartment, teal is, like, my favorite color, and I thought, uh, everywhere. I did notice. I did everywhere. notice. But, yeah, it wasn't really until high school when I was pushed into doing theater um, that Ooh. I was like, maybe that's my career You path. said pushed. How did that happen? I was pushed into it. So I, I, I was always fond of theater, but I was never, like, a performer. Um, and... I did guess you do it, was... it for a girl? Did you do it for a girl? No, I didn't. Yeah, did you do it for a boy? No, I did not. I was very straight in uh, high school. Oh, oh yes. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no, I... So I've always loved theater. Like, my mom would always take me to Broadway shows because we were close enough and Absolutely. see a bunch of things. She's lovely. Yes, she is lovely. What was your <laughs> favorite childhood memory of going to the theater? Well, I, the first show I ever saw was Beauty and the Beast. Ooh, uh, yes. Carrie Butler was Belle. <gasps> Mark Hudish was uh, Gaston. Oh, yeah, theater, theater. So no fun. wonder you got sucked um, in. And I remember we sat in, it was at the Palace Theater before they moved to the other, whatever, Lune Fontaine. Lune Fontaine, yes. But it, we were at the Palace Theater and we're sitting in the mezzanine in the very front row. And I just, the, the most front row? Of the mezzanine, Come yeah. On, Mom. I remember the, like, this distinct memory of, like, watching Be Our Guest through, like, the, the, the uh, railing of yeah. this front row and being enamored. And that's, like, when I caught the theater bug. And then in, like, fifth grade, you're in the fifth grade play, we did Heart from uh, uh, Damn Yankees, whatever. Wow. But my love for theater was always there. My freshman year of high school, um, my English teacher was very big into theater, and we, that was our bond. That next year, she was promoted to be the drama teacher, and every anytime she would see my mom, she'd be like, we're getting Michael into theater, we're getting Michael into theater. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how you're going to do that, because I'm not going to act. So she said, you're going to be our stage manager. Yeah. And there was literally one day I was walking into school. She was walking in behind me. And she said, stop. We have rehearsal tonight. You are going to be our stage manager. I was like, I don't know what that means. Uh, fine. And honestly, the rest is history. I was the youngest stage manager the school has ever had. Work. Um, as a sophomore, we did uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Ooh, yes. Um, Telephone and of, hour. Uh-huh. And of course, because... I love you to be a woman. Theater in high school doesn't have enough guys. Somehow I was roped into being in a couple numbers. Oh, no. the Shriners Ballet, which is not fun. <gasps> oh, I want the um, footage. Oh, there's, there's <laughs> probably footage somewhere. Uh, but yeah, so I did that. And then um, every year, we somehow we would throw me into every show. Uh, except for the Miracle Worker. I was not into that one. I was not in that one. Nobody um, was. No one is. But yeah, it, it was through my English teacher, Mrs. Fox, who got me into theater. And she was definitely my mentor mm-hmm. who really pushed me to follow that career. Amazing. And here you are now. And here I am now. And yeah, it's been you know, a wild journey. She passed away 10 years ago, my mm-hmm. senior year of college. And I don't think I've actually mourned her death yet. Which is Still crazy. processing. Still processing. Yeah. But um, it happened to be, everything happens for a reason, I believe. Absolutely. It happened to be when I was home for break doing a, school, a show from BU in New York at New World Stages. She was unable to make it to that performance, and it was like my official off-Broadway debut. Yeah. That next weekend, she passed away when the school show was supposed to go up that weekend, and I had to jump in and help get the show up. Rough. Crazy. Rough. So she's one of those people you push down to get to your position. Here we go. <laughs> Apparently. It's all coming out here, folks. Yeah. So when did you move to New York? I moved to New York basically at, right after college. 
Um, luckily, being from New Jersey, I was able to live at home for a couple of years, mm-hmm. save some money, though I kind of regret all those decisions because I would have liked to live in the city and party as a young 20-something because oh, I didn't yes. get to do any of that. Money's nice, too. Money's nice, too. But yeah, I moved in this, into the city about... Uh, I moved back after I was at Williamstown for the summer, came back, and I got to work at Playwrights Horizons as their stage management apprentice, basically. Amazing. Got to work on three really amazing shows, including um, a, a Pulitzer-winning play, which That's is great. cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I moved here, jumped into the stage management thing, mm-hmm. and then I was getting bored of it because it's a very thankless job. Yeah. So I was like... In college, I was writing here and there. I was like, you know what? Let me just, like, submit some plays places, see what happens. Then, in a span of five months, I had five plays read or produced. Oh, wow. You blew up. Yeah. All over the place. As, like, a 23-year-old, that was kind of wild. So that was 20 years ago? (laughs) <laughs> I can't, I can't. But honestly, it feels that way. It feels like it's been forever. Absolutely. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's been almost 10 years since my first play I ever got. So I That's think wild. we should talk a little bit about the history of Block Talk mm-hmm. while you're listening and theater in the now. Yeah, so as I was doing the stage management thing, very thankless job. Didn't really love it much because, yeah, I got to do some really incredible things. I got to work on Broadway. I got to work off Broadway. I'll name drop. I got to work with like... Drop them all. Christian Laurel and <laughs> yes. Adam Driver and Zach yes. Pinto and all these incredible people. And yeah, they would, it would be fun to like hang out with these people, but like it was not it was not getting glory and like it was a very cutthroat position to be a stage manager. Oh, York, certainly. Especially as a male. Um, just was not really working out. I decided to... I, I was working um, for a theater company in Vermont was super duper bored. And I was like, I'm going to start a website. It's going to be like Prez Hilton for theater. And that I lasted... for that description. Yeah, it <laughs> lasted maybe a week because I was like, I'm not drawing penises on people's faces. It's not going to be my thing. Just Jared. Right. Not my thing. <laughs> so I um, had this website and I had a friend who was producing a play in the New York Fringe Festival and I was like, do you want to do like an interview? And, and I set up an interview thing. Great, cool. Then he's like, I need someone to review the play. Would you do it? I was like, <gasps> I've never reviewed theater before, but sure. I have to have but an I have opinion. a lot of opinions. Right. So <laughs> I, do, I write this review. It's probably maybe the worst review I've ever written because it's the first one. But through that experience, um, I was added to a press list by this uh, really cool press agent, Emily Owens. She added me to her press list and then invited me to more shows. And then more shows, mm-hmm. and then more people would add me to the press list, and it is now eight years later, and I'm a member of the Drama Desk, which is crazy, because I'm also the youngest person in the organization. That's quite is, an accomplishment. Yeah. So, basically, my website this June will be celebrating eight years. Um, it's uh, it's kind of, If you look at it, it's definitely like taking a little bit of a nosedive. Like, I haven't uh, been as active as I previously have. But uh, it's been a real rewarding opportunity to get to do the website and to... Certainly. For me, the most rewarding thing is not necessarily getting the hits and clicks and some money afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's seeing the people that I get to interview share the post and see the interactions by the people reading or listening, whatever. That's been really cool to see, being able to give people an opportunity to share their stories. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, because, like, I wouldn't try to interview, like, these big names. Here and there, I would. Like, yeah. the, the biggest, one of the biggest names that I got to interview was Randy Harrison from oh, wow. uh, Queer's Folk, and, oh, God, that was so much fun. Um, 
But yeah, like getting to give these young artists an opportunity to share their stories. A platform to was, shine. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was, it was amazing. And nowadays, you've become quite an established member of the New York drag community, yeah, and nightlife community. A little bit, a little bit. I How guess. How did you stumble upon that? Um, completely by accident. Okay, um, spill. So I will admit I did not start watching Drag Race until season eight. Okay, late, um, late bloomer. I was not a big drag fan. Right. I wasn't a big drag fan, but um, the first drag show I ever went to was after um, my theater company had a meeting. We went to Barracuda, and like, there was this Monday night show hosted by like this seven-foot-tall queen named Bob. Um, Who's like, she? What, like, what is this? So when I decided to get into Drag Race... Um, my former roommate and one of my best friends, Chris, was like, I will watch Survivor if you watch Drag Race. Oh. So we were like, okay, we're trading off. <laughs> Season 8 comes around, and I was like, oh my god, I know that queen, Bob the Drag Queen, winner, oh, it's going to happen. I was right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, let's be real, there was no one else who could have won it, that it was. It was all too clear. <laughs> it, but I, so watching that, I then realized, oh, through Spin Cycle, I had been getting a lot of emails to like review shows at the Lori Beachman Theater mm-hmm. with the Drag Race Queens that I never took that opportunity to do. So I was like, I'm doing I'm it. into this so now. So I went to see a couple shows. The first show I ever got to see at the Beachman was Alaska doing her share show. Incredible. Uh, really, really fun. Got to meet her. And I was like, oh my god, she, this was pre-All-Stars 2. Um, so I got to write a couple reviews. And then all of a sudden... August of 2016, I want to say it was, I get a message from someone I barely knew, Vincent Cooper. I knew his boyfriend at the time really well. And he messaged me. He's like, hey, season two of Lady Liberty is, we're looking for a judge. Would you want to judge the finale? I was like, on what grounds do I have any merit judging a drag competition? But I was like, sure. So this is at Boots and Saddle. Oh, wow. Um, season 2, August of 2016. I think there were four finalists. I think I can only remember three. Who were they? Well, the winner eventually was Avant Garbage. Yes, I love her. Um, oh um, it was Kimmy Moore. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember who the third one is, but the fourth one was Sugar Kane. Oh, who's she? Yeah, right? Who's she? Well, so, she's only been doing drag for four months. Right? So that, that doesn't that's like, oh, I always go back to, like, I, how did this work? Like, ma- math is not working with that storyline, whatever. Uh, so I got to do this, and I was absolutely blown away by Avant's performance. She ended up winning, um, and it was wild. So then a couple months later, it, they're doing the, the regular season still at Boots. I, would, I think I went one, once to see my friend uh, Sullivan perform. Uh-huh. Um, and then the finale of season three comes along, and Vincent's like, do you want to judge this again? It's like, I got nothing else to Here do. Here we sure. go. Um, and that is the one where Jan won. Yes. Who, Jan who? Um, Jan Sport. Oh! Um, and basically from there... The next season, Vince is like, we're going to adjust things. We're going to have it weekly, but we're going to have judges every week. Would you want to be one of our resident judges? Mm -hmm. So me and Jim Silvestri and a rotating cast of people ended up doing season four. And that is really how my life in the nightlife scene changed everything. Yeah. Absolutely. I met a lot of people through Lady Liberty. Very quickly. Very, very, very quickly. And it was it was almost like a learning curve trying to figure out like 
how to navigate it all. Certainly. And you quickly saw some of the best in the New York scene. Absolutely. Like, I kind of go back to some, like, photos and things and try to be like, oh, my God, this is who I judged with or this is who I saw. This mm-hmm. is who was doing... Like, I didn't realize until I was going through photos that I judged alongside Carrie Kerning before. Yeah? No idea. And that was the night that she... The first time I had seen her do her Tiny Hands number. Too and, funny. Which is, like, my favorite <laughs> thing of hers. Truly iconic. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I, it was a really great experience. I got to meet a lot of um, cool people and a lot of friends that way. Um, and yeah, Lady Liberty is the reason why I exist in nightlife, I think. Incredible. So it's time to get a little Mulan on this bish. Uh-oh. It's time for some reflection. Okay. <laughs> what reflection. have been your favorite moments on Block Talk and with Theater in the Now? Okay, my favorite moments. I think, well, for Theater in the Now, my biggest favorite moment was when I got to produce the fifth anniversary party, the fifth birthday party at 54 Below. Oh, wow. Uh, so what I did for that pod, for that um, concert was I got a bunch of people who I had interviewed or featured on the website in some capacity basically to perform numbers that were inspired by their interview. So if they said oh, like their neat. dream role was XYZ, I would they have did them it then sing for them. you. Yeah. Or if I had like composers uh, featured, I would have a group of people perform their music and like that was my way. And one of my favorite performances that night which i still have the video i've not released it i feel like i should release it now is i had um the incredible bonnie milligan perform oh, reba mcintyre's fancy such a star oh right? um, uh, yes drop it now yeah I we to, need I, it i have to and it was one of those it was really uh incredible moment because yeah bonnie and i go back uh since maybe year one of the website when i was uh reviewing a show down at the flea um it was a Rest, it was called Restoration Comedy. It was a big ensemble piece um, inspired by a restoration piece using the music of Scissor Sisters. So clearly we and all And you know are that. a big like, fan. Yeah, so I saw that show like five or six times. It was like an immersive style show. Um, but in that show, there was an original song Bonnie got to sing. And I was like, this girl's going to be a fucking star one day. And she's going to be a Tony Here she man. is now. Unfortunately, not she's not nominated, nominated this year. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, um... It, so yeah, I think one of my favorite things is like I like to say that I'm one of the first to discover Bonnie Milligan. Um, what other favorite moments have I had? I, I guess like when I finally hit that million dollar, million, uh, million dollar, huh, million dollar. No, the, mil- the million <laughs> hit mark was really absolutely uh, really rewarding opportunity. And then um, when I just started the podcast, like at first I was like, I'm that's the, this is the new frontier. People are doing yeah. like podcasting. Let me just start it. Um, I had to stop it for a while because I had an old computer that literally was shutting off in the middle of recording. So I was like, I'm going to pause this for Yes. But I think podcasting really has changed the website a lot. Oh, certainly. Because I'm focusing more on the podcast as opposed to the interviews and the reviews. It's a good way to pump out info. Yeah, it's been great. And I've got to feature a lot of theater artists, but more importantly, a lot of drag queens. Yeah. And who have been some of your favorite guests on Block Talk? I f- I, there, it's hard to say who my favorites are because everyone's my favorite. Oh, um, so political. I, I, I think some of like I think my interview with Paige Turner was really really special. Really great. Um, because she's not someone who likes to expose herself outside of drag. You don't get to know much about so her. Yeah, you really even get to see her outside of drag. But like having her come to my apartment and like do this podcast and really be excited about doing it, even like. Having Sutton on was a really rewarding opportunity because uh, she was someone who I think I'd like interviewed Paige and 
um, uh, who, some, I don't remember who else, but someone I interviewed, and she's like, when is my turn? I want to do a blog talk. So uh, I was like, okay, let's do it. There you go. Um, but yeah, like, I've gotten to feature a lot of people, um, and like, one of the f- very first drag queens that I had was Gilda Wabbit, and it was a really cool um, was this interview. before she was Gilda Wabbit, or was no, she? No, she was still Gilda. She'd made um, the change. No, it was only about a year or so ago. <laughs> Okay. But um, so much has changed, and it's now inspired me to be like, okay, maybe I need to go back to some of these interviews and bring them back on and be like, what's happened in the past year? Oh, yeah. Year? Things move so quickly um, here. Now she's not even a New York queen anymore. She's, she's not. Like, and she's, she's blowing up queen. all yeah. over the middle of the country. Um, but yeah, I think the, <laughs> some of those are fun. But I, I also love, 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 love recapping Drag Race and getting to talk shit about one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah. It's, those are always enjoyable. Um and I think this summer I'm going to get a, another panel together, and I want to do a definitive ranking of all the drag race, drag race of queens of all time. So like we all like would put like numerically, and then I would like Ooh. put it in a system, figure out how it would order, and then we would just talk about that. You order. heard it here, folks. Michael's doing math. Michael is going to do <laughs> some I, math. It's gonna, I think it's really going to be a fun, fun um, podcast. I, it's inspired by this older. Um, Survivor podcast where they this these like five Australians ranked every single Survivor contestant ever. I think it was like a sixteen hour podcast. Oh wow! But that was also when there's like five hundred people, and I listened to all of those on my way to uh, visit my brother in Michigan when I was in school there. Uh, those are fun. And you're I, an addict. I am. I am very much an addict. Well, speaking of your love of Survivor, we mm-hmm. have assembled a list of faves. This is just going to be quick, rapid fire. Okay. We're going to go back and forth asking you. Um, so, shall we get started, Seraphim? Yeah. Um, what's your favorite musical? My favorite musical has to be Chicago. Chicago? Uh, n- yeah, Chicago. We'll go with Chicago. And all that jazz. <laughs> we'll go with Chicago. Uh, what is your favorite reality TV show? <sighs> okay, so I think because Survivor just got broken, it's going to be Big Brother. Big Brother. Okay. Um, what was your favorite challenge in um, either season of Iconic? Ooh, that's just, this is hard. Um, I think the one that I was most excited about, and I think though some people may disagree about the experience, I think my favorite one to see come to fruition was Kink Week. That was really fun to watch as right an audience thing. member. Yeah, it, 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 it challenged everybody in a way that I think is what iconic meant for me so i was really excited about that um but honestly i think week one of both seasons are just always special show us who you are Mm -hmm. absolutely i agree all right what's your favorite food mexican food every day i can eat mexican food every day oh yes i don't think i knew that about you i mean just like i love cheese yeah (laughs) anything that has cheese in it which is all mexican food okay so so. (laughs) 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 wow yeah mexican food every day um what's your favorite pop star Okay, my favorite pop star of all time, I'm going to have to go with, I don't know, I mean, Freddie Mercury's not really a pop star, he's like a legend of music. He is a le- <laughs> we will let that pass as a <gasps> Freddie Mercury. I'm going to have to go with Queen, yeah. Yeah, solid answer, yeah, solid queen. answer. Queen. All right, who's your favorite stage actress? Stage actress, I can tell you who it's not. It's definitely not Sutton Foster. Um, <gasps> oh! Name. Uh, definitely not Sutton Foster. I think my favorite stage actress would probably be... Yeah, that's I Sutton. don't know. I don't... I like a lot of the guys better. 
Um, oops. I don't know. Like right what recently, a homo. I know, right a fucking homo. Wow. Um, I don't. I guess like if there's someone I'm gonna pay to go see. Yes. Maybe it is Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters. We need more Bernadette. Please, yeah. universe. Please. Um, who's your favorite um, drag race contestant of all time? Of all time, this is going to be very hard because it fluctuates. But I think I'm going to have to say Katya. Katya. That's a good choice, though. Mm-hmm. We love a Russian hooker. I mean, for a while it was Alaska, then it was Katya. Trixie was up there, but I think Katya is the one that I'm like. I, I, yep, I got a thing for blondes. I fully this. respect mm-hmm. that decision. All right, what's your favorite beverage? Um, alcoholic, non-alcoholic. It's honestly, all in the, mix. the thing that I always drink, and it's been ever since I had to take medication when I was younger and made all soda sound taste like lead. I really do like unsweetened iced tea. I know people think okay. it's weird. I just, uh, don't put any, don't put any sugar in it. Just give me unsweetened iced tea. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, you love Disney. What's your favorite Disney attraction? My favorite Disney attraction, unfortunately, is It's a Small World. I hate you. <laughs> wow. It's it's because it's the nostalgia factor. I've read it many, many, many times. Like Once was enough for me. I think, like, Splash Mountain's up there. Uh, 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 rock and Roller Coaster's up there. But no, it's Small World. That's As a lyricist, me. you're a sucker for that song, probably, uh, yeah. aren't you? Oh it God, is a pretty always. unique It's a small world, song. after all. Mm-hmm. It's a small world, after all. <laughs> it's true. It is. All right, so what was your favorite Tony Awards performance of all time? My favorite Tony Awards performance of all time, I'm going to say probably Sarah Ramirez in the cast of Spamalot. That was yeah. a good one. It was really good. That I was mean, some spectacle. It was, Find Your Grail is such an incredible song. Yeah. And she wasn't even the star of that goddamn show, but they gave her the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And Oh, she deserved that Tony Award, and I'm ready for her to come back to Broadway. Absolutely. Um, who is your favorite playwright? My favorite playwright is Nikki Silver. Uh, he is a... He wrote a lot of gay plays in the 90s. He's written a couple in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just someone who is very character and relationship-based, and a lot of the inspiration that uh, of, that, of how I write is through him. Incredible. Uh, what's your favorite color? Looking around the room, I'm just, I'm not um, quite sure. White? No, no. It's definitely teal. It's teal, teal, yep. Teal, teal pillows, teal and, curtains, teal rug. Did, did, I, did I convince um, Iconic Season 2 to be a teal-inspired theme? Yes, yes. That's that's how good I am. You can't get enough. I can't ever. It was a white theme, so you got your <laughs> that, second favorite, that's I guess. That's true, that's true. Um, what's your favorite non-reality TV show? My favorite non-reality TV show, well... I am, well, I would say Game of Thrones, but that was a fucking shit show. That ending was a shit show. All right. <laughs> I, 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 it was up there, and then maybe, maybe I'm going to have to go with, like, Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. All right. A character-driven drama. My character. You do. You do. Relationships, all for it. What's your favorite season? My favorite season, Summer. Summer. Why? Because I was a competitive swimmer as a child, so summer was when I got to swim all the time, and I got to be the best at something, and it also meant no school. Amazing. Um, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Coffee. coffee Ew. Coffee. I will... There is a Cold Stone down that way, and I will sometimes just go and get a coffee ice, a coffee milkshake with Heath Bar in it. That sounds great. We love some Heath Bar, but... Oh, give me the the coffee Heath Bar Crunch uh, Ben and Jerry's every day. What's your favorite animal? 
I always had a um, a love for like cheetahs as a kid. Okay. But now that I have like dogs, I guess it's a dog. I love my puppies. Oh yes, tell us about your dogs. I have a well. Currently, we have a Labradoodle and Aussie Doodle, Brody and uh. Rizzo, and they're adorable and also some of the biggest pains in the asses in the world. But I love them to death. Absolutely. Um, who's your favorite actor? My favorite actor is also my celebrity crush. It is Hunter Parrish. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, and I've gotten to meet him. There's a photo of the two of us, and I used to say that is our wedding photo, but he apparently is straight, whatever. Um, they I, all are until... I are you trying to James him. Charles this man ah! right now? Ah! Oh! Honestly, well, I... I I heard rumors from someone who was in Spring Awakening with okay, him okay. that he is the biggest closet case there ever <gasps> was, and that's why he is where he is now, because that is a fake relationship in Hollywood, blah, 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 blah. But oh, I say boy. it's 2019, come out, let's get married. So I'll be Jeffree Star, the um, Nicole will be Tati. Oh no, I am Team James. I am Team <laughs> James with all this coming out. I don't know how to feel, but I, I think I'm Team it. James. <laughs> Okay, all right. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday, honestly, is Christmas because my favorite thing is to give gifts, and I love being able to make my friends and family smile during Christmas. And I heard you had presents to give us today. That's so. Do sweet I? Of you. I? I don't know. Check about under that. your seats, Nicole. <laughs> Thanks, sugar daddy. Yeah. Oh no, I just I'm that kind of person. I'm very giving and loving, and I just like being able to. Aren't you Jewish? Share. I am. I, I'm, I'm interfaith, but we kind of, like, not really celebrated Hanukkah in many, many years. Oops. Um, my family, my dad is Jewish, my mom uh-huh. is Catholic, so we got to celebrate both holidays, but we were raised Jewish, went to the Hebrew school, went did the bar mitzvah thing, and they were really good because they basically said, after you finish Hebrew school, after you get your bar mitzvah, you decide what you want to do. That's How nice. cool. And me and my brother at the time were very much into sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, my brother still is. I'm clearly not. Water sports. Um, water sports. Ah! Um, <laughs> so they were like, you can decide if you want to like continue with learning Judaism or if you want to go to church, whatever. And we were like, no, we want a social life instead. So we just stopped and they were okay with that. Slay. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. The most important question, Sarah Fam. Are you ready? You got to ask this one. Who's your favorite drag queen? Period. Oh. Quite blank. Um, you look at it too. favorite. So okay. I'll narrow it down for you. Um, I mean, obviously Bijou. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I can't. That was the first answer. You heard I that can't. first. No, I, I love all the drag queens equally, but right now, like, my favorite is definitely Evie Oddly. Evie Oddly. <laughs> She's a good choice. She's so solid good. choice. Solid no, choice. No, Nicole and Seraphim were up there, too. Oh, my gosh. Thank oh, you. I wasn't oh, anticipating oh, that at all. Oh, I'm so flattered. I'm flattered. <laughs> they're, like, only two of the only of people that I know who have pins. They're on my bag, too. That's tea. So, if more queens get merged, you could have been listed. And our pins are accompanied by a pin that says Drag Daddy it from is- Nina West. <laughs> Thank you, Nina West. Um, if you've not heard Nina West's um, kids album, it's really cute. She has a kids album? She does. Is that a kids bop? Drag is magic. Drag is magic. And it there, is. It did is. you listen to it? I have not. There is a, there is a um, drag spelling bee song. Oh. And oh. It, the, pre, like, the interlude that goes right Spell before gas. it. Is has um, a cameo from Manila Luzon My and favorite. Miss Vanjie. Incredible! It's really, it's really cute. It's really oh, cute. I have to listen. Yeah. Um, there are actually a couple songs. I'm like, okay, Nicole's gonna be doing this at her show soon. <laughs> oh yes, I will have mm-hmm. to get on that. So, Seraphim, the tea is starting to flow. <laughs> I think it's time for tea time. <laughs> 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 Trademark Marty Gold coming. <laughs> Should we say tea? 
Okay. Oh my gosh. So let's, Here we go. I, I, I apologize in advance to anyone who's listening. Maybe I will be the first person to actually, like, you know, spill tea on this fucking podcast. You have put too many girls through this. Too it's many about... people have been too nice. They've been very nice, but we'll see. For the what, sake of publicity. We'll, we'll... So let's see what you do. <laughs> we'll see what I do. We'll see what I do. So here we go. Kick us off, Seraphim. Uh. <laughs> um. Good old Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho. So Heidi, I officially met about a year ago uh, when we, Lindsay, Kay, and I were given this opportunity to produce a drag competition at Icon. Um, We were um, interviewing a couple people to be our host. And I had seen Heidi um, during So You Thinking Drag All-Stars. Um, and obviously, if you know anything about Heidi, you know about her um, Kill Bill number. Mm-hmm. It was a almost 30-person spectacle in eight minutes doing both movies. And I, at that point, I'd never seen the movies. I was like, what the fuck is this? But I was so enamored. Yeah. Um, so then when we got to interview with Heidi, um, we just sat down and everything she was saying made sense to me and I said this is the person I want to lead this competition because she not only is a creative person and in tune with what my ideals are for this show she's going to be someone who's going to put in the time and effort to make the queens feel safe and comfortable and create the art that we want and yeah I'm a really big fan of her and everything that she does and I hope I get to spend some time Outside of Iconic with her. I think that's... Yeah. She, she, that's, she had messaged me the other day and like wants to do some like podcasting. And she's like, this is also my way of secretly wanting to spend time with you. And I was like, this is, this is really sweet. I, I love Heidi. She's, she's good people. She is. All right. So you mentioned her already. Let's talk about your collaborator, co-producer, Lindsay Kay. Lindsay Kay. So Lindsay and I met two years ago at Lady Liberty. Um, she was... I don't remember how we officially started talking, but I was judging. She was there with um, one of her queens. And all of a sudden, after that Lady Liberty, we, myself, Violet Tendency, well, at that time known as Sugar Magnolia, um, and Susia all went to the Waverly Diner and just like chatted. And that's how I got to know Lindsay and what she does. If you love and, overpriced food, Waverly right, Diner is exactly. the place to go. <laughs> and so like we went to this diner and Lindsay was telling me about like what she does. And I was like, oh, interesting. Cause like there's this queen that I've been like talking to. Like, I don't think I want to be a manager, but like there's like this collaboration we want to talk about. She's like, great, we're getting coffee and we're going to talk all about drag management. It was when we had that meeting at the now closed Argo Tea on 26th Street. Um, the remains. We, she basically told me everything there is to know about um, drag management and it was the most overwhelming uh, half hour to hour of my life. Mm-hmm. But through that relationship we got very close and we realized that we are very similar people with similar ideals and I'm very, very happy that we are getting to collaborate on iconic and the sunday night block party and who knows maybe there'll be other things that will sprout out within the next couple months but i'm very grateful for everything that she's taught me incredible all right seraphim um aviva dickman oh my god aviva dickman so (laughs) for people who don't know if you haven't realized i'm a theater critic the first time i ever saw um I got to review Amir was in a play called Kentucky, written by uh, uh, someone who I had future took a uh, writing class from, um, 
uh, Leah, and in this play, Amir played a cat. Um, if you can go back in time and see this performance, it all makes sense now as a Viva Dickman. Yeah. Um, but I gave it a bad review. I like did not give Amir a, a great review. Then when I was doing Lady Liberty, Aviva Dickman like appeared and she's like, you reviewed me. I was like, what? And that's how we became friends in the nightlife scene. And because I know Amir, I know like this other side of Aviva Dickman because we have a lot of mutual friends in the theater scene. But I think Aviva Dickman is possibly the stupidest human in the world. <laughs> and watching her do drag is groundbreaking because I've never seen anyone do the shit she does. Mm -hmm. During Lady Liberty, um, I think it was Lady Liberty Witch Hunt, uh, is when she did her infamous um, no lyric uh, performance, where literally she comes, there's like a clap track, people are cheering, there are people in the audience at this performance with like signs that uh, say Aviva Dickman, um, we hate Poppy and stuff like that. Uh, and she starts, she comes out there with the microphone, there's clapping and clapping and she's shaking people's hands and then all of a sudden the West Wing theme song comes in and she's just taking it all in and taking it all in and then she walks off stage. That's it. It was one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen. Brilliant. I love Aviva Dickman, and I wish I got to spend more time with her, but she doesn't respond to text messages, so. Same. That's the tea on Aviva. Same. All right, so you're kind of writing your own segues in this segment. Uh, <laughs> in the days past of Boots and Saddle, you produced a little trio oh. called Femme Fatale. Yes, I did. I think we should talk about some of those members. Let's start... With Poppy. Poppy. Okay, so Poppy I had met through Lady Liberty. Um, she was young, um, and I, I always enjoyed the things she had um, been doing in uh, drag. I officially really got to know her better when I was attending season four of the Ultimate Drag Pageant. Um, and I had seen her one night um, at the very, very, very first performance of Stephanie's Child, and she's like, would you be able to, like, film some of the numbers for me? I was like, sure. So, like, I got to film uh, her UDP numbers, and that's when we got a little closer. When it came to the finale of UDP, it was Poppy, Vanna, and Bijou. And watching their final lip sync, I was like, there's something interesting with these three. They're all wearing white. Two of the three are doing rainbow things. There's something cohesive here that they don't realize, but I see. So when we got to do this opportunity of Femme Fatale at Boots and Saddle when they were looking for trios, um, Robert had invited me to bring whoever I wanted. He's like, here's my trio. Um, and on the spot, he's like, all right, uh, next week you guys have a show. I was like, great. Poppy is so dumb that I love it. Like she, Some of the things that she pulls out are it's just shocking and... Like, the first time she decided to do her, um, the Miley Cyrus song, mm -hmm. she, she's like, wait, just wait for this, you're gonna love it. Uh, it's a dedication to my grandma. I was like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I've never seen you show your vulnerable side. And then that fucking song comes on, and I'm like, you're so ridiculous. But I will say, Poppy is the first time I was ever introduced to Poppy. Because at UDP, mm -hmm. she had done her Poppy mix with, like, I'm Poppy, and... That was when I knew she was going to be something big. Yeah, she's really special. She is. Um, okay, you already said she was your favorite, so uh, how about uh, Bijou? Bijou! Okay, so Bijou and I met through Lady Liberty. 
Um, and she is someone who I immediately was like, this is someone who's going to be a star. This is someone I want to follow and help their career in whatever capacity I can. And Bijou is really, really super special to me. And like, we got to get very close through doing UDP. Um, I would help her out as much as I can. Um, um, it was a really, really special relationship that we had. And there, there would be times after UDP where she'd be like, I'm not going home. I'm coming over. And she would sleep on my couch and instead of going back to Brooklyn. And we just got to bond a lot. And we got, I think, really, really, really close. And she definitely is someone who challenged me a lot and to think of like what I'm going to do in this nightlife career. And yeah, I think she's incredibly, incredibly talented and someone who I wish has even more confidence because she does have a lot of talent. Um, for her finale for UDP, she did a whole Fosse medley. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got emotional watching it because like, it was just perfect. Yeah. Everything she did was so good. And like she does have a dancer's background. So she def- she's not going to do like the death drop all the time. But she's going to give you like classic dance through drag. That's what I really, really appreciate about her. And I miss her on a daily basis now that she's in California. Yeah. Um, I hope she can come back soon, but I did get to see her when, um, I was in Vegas and we got oh, good. time together. Um, but no, she is really, really a very special person to me and I miss her dearly. Well, we got to close out this trio with Vanna do. Vanna do more like Vanna. Don't No, I'm Ugh. kidding. That was the read from uh, Poppy during her diss track. Uh, Vanna is again, someone I met through, um, ultimate drag pageant. And we got close, um, because originally I was going, I was producing something called the drag array and the original trio of the drag array was cherry Poppins. Bijou, and I was, we just had finished season four of, of um, uh, Lady Liberty, and I was like, you know what? This winner sounds like a great idea. Come on, Rosé. Well, Rosé had to drop out because she was in a new trio. Um, so it was like a month and a half before the show was up and going. UDP was up and running, and I messaged Bijou one day. I was like, what do you think of Anna? Like, do you think she's... What she's like, I don't really know her that well, but I think she's talented. I was like, great. I did some research, found out that she did have a um, musical theater background because if you didn't know, uh, she went to Harvard. Um, <laughs> and so there was one night after UDP, I was like, hey, do you sing? She's like, I do. I was like, great. Um, I'm doing. I'm producing a drag array in September at the Metropolitan Room. I'd love for you to join the trio. So we got to do that, and through that, we got really, really close so we have a really fun friendship um she is someone that i can vent to she'll vent to me and she's also someone i can make fun of when um she does her cat mix 1000 times and i start filtering it with the cat filter yeah i i love her i don't get to see her as much as i used to now that she's working at barry's boot camp and working at four in the morning but i think she is an incredible artist she's an incredible drag performer um I for Christmas um, two years ago I guess it was I had gotten her like a little gift card to Bobby Pins and that's the beginning of that uh, the, of the infamous uh, the signature dolly, dolly wig, wig. Um, <laughs> and now that she has big boobs I'm really going to start pushing her to do like uh, all dolly something mm-hmm. because she loves Dolly Parton she's got the everything True. for it let's see it let's see the full dolly absolutely <laughs> um. Sp- Taking a step away from those three, um, Gina Tonic. Gina Tonic! 
sips water. I had Gina as one of the first uh, drag performers on the podcast. Gina and I met through this scene when I heard she was making fun of my friends. <gasps> and then she showed up at UDP to be in Bella Noche's number. Um, and I had never met her before. I didn't really know much about other people, but she comes up to me and goes, are you Andy Waxwood? <gasps> and I was like, no. Hilarious. And then I was, then later I was like, wait, she knows who Wendy Waxwood is. What the fuck was that about? Um, so then through that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start being very friendly to you. And I went to her shows at Icon mm-hmm. on, um, Mondays when she had the Monday slot and, yeah, we, we became close that way. And then during Ultimate Drag Pageant Season 6, we started to separate because lots of things happened. And she, Dela, the night Dela, Dela, didn't, didn't even know Dela, Dela, Dela yet. Um, but she, right? she is making things happen on her own. And I, for that, appreciate her and I wish her all the luck. Um, yeah, I think this whole, um, Paint with Gina thing is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's about time someone did it, and I'm glad she's getting this opportunity to do it. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk about one of the shadiest people ever, Gina Tonic. There she (laughs) is. Mm -hmm. All right, we've talked a lot about Ultimate Drag Pageant. Mm -hmm. How about we talk about its hostess, Marty Gold Cummings? Marty is going to change the world. Yes. She is very much a go-getter in, when it comes to the community. Um, I will, I'll probably, I'll say it right now. I think she was the most intimidated I ever was doing a block talk. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it was done in the basement of therapy while she was getting ready. Yeah. With the fucking, I remember um, the interview with the fucking, uh, eight, um, refrigerator going the entire time. So not the best quality interview, but the things that she got to talk about, I'm really proud of. Um, I am very excited to see what she does politically because, I think she has more stamina to make things happen than I think any of us do. Absolutely. I know there will probably be other people who want to follow in her footsteps, and I'm excited that she is going to lead the way first. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, you talked a bit about Heidi and Lindsay, and young Nicole's right in front of you, so let's talk about the winner of season two of Iconic, Audrey Phoenix. Audrey Phoenix! So the first time I saw Audrey Phoenix was at the Ultimate Drag Pageant, and... I, no, that that's that's a lie. The first time I saw her and didn't remember was oh. at the um, Albatross auditions. Because um, I didn't connect the two that it was the same person. Because I think the first time she wore like a birthday hat and I was like, what, who, what, what is going on? Um, but yeah, through UDP, um, it was really fun to watch her journey the weeks that I was there. But I distinctly remember that the one week for childhood... I'm sitting in my usual table at West End. Nicole's sitting next to me, and she starts singing "Angel" by Shaggy. <laughs> so and I was like, "Oh, it's really, cute. it's really, it's a sweet song. She sounds cute." And then she gets into the Shaggy part. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a bigger smile when seeing drag before. Yeah, I, I couldn't stop smiling. It, it made me happy. And from that moment on, I was like, Audrey Phoenix, I want to be your friend. I want to know more about you, and I want to watch your journey as an artist. And I'm really, really incredibly proud of her. At first, she wasn't um, going to do Iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because she hadn't. Hmm? 
Well, no, because like originally, like I was gonna have her like be part of the prize package, whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden, she applied and it's like, oh, well, she's gonna be in, and I'm excited to see what she does. Um, and when she had told me that she was gonna start uh, week one with Angel, I was like. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to hate you because you're going to do very well. Mm-hmm. And I think her journey through Iconic was quite impressive. I'm very proud of everything she's done. Um, maybe, maybe, should I sh- spill a little tea? Yeah, that, that bitch, bitch, it's called tea time. That, that bitch loves to drink, and I love watching Ew! her drink. Yay! Um, I've now realized, after she's told me, don't tell me things when I'm drunk because I'll tell other people. <gasps> I've now had to stop telling her certain things. Um, but no, she is a delight and I really appreciate her as an artist and I appreciate her as a friend. Oh, yes. All right. Let's talk about my rock bar Tuesday sister, Coco Taylor. Coco Taylor. There is much discrepancy to figure out when I met Coco Taylor because neither of us can figure it out. (laughs) Um, it's either at Gina's show or at rock bar during Miss Rock Bar. I can't figure it out. Um, but Coco and I are, I feel like we're kindred spirits because we're both on the older side of um nightlife um and because she has like um a theater background as well i really love getting to talk to her about drag and theater and nightlife um she is a sweetheart um she is driven she likes to do things her way and then sometimes it's not my way but sometimes you just gotta let her do her thing mm-hmm. but i think she is got this really great soul and i'm proud of everything she's accomplished and i hope more great things happen for her oh yes Alrighty, and um i, I don't know i'm just really excited to ask this one um aria derchi aria derchi um, so I met Aria the first time when she was DJing for Gilda at uh, Wabbit Hole Wednesdays. Mm. And another one where like there was just one performance, I was like, who the fuck is this person doing Carousel by Jacques Brel? <laughs> I loved Carousel. Like, why are you doing this? And I was just enamored by this specimen. Um, so I got to know her very, very little through... Um, Icon, and when she did apply to Iconic, that's when I got to know her a lot more. But she is an insane human, and I love her for it. She also is a really, really sweet person. She's another one who will just text me and be like, what are you doing? Let's go get coffee. And I appreciate her friendship. And I think she's very misunderstood as an artist. And I am hopeful that there will be a place somewhere that will recognize the art that she brings and it will be a perfect match for her mm-hmm. all right well we can't mm-hmm. talk about aria without mentioning her other half <laughs> the pussy willow pussy willow oh my god so yeah i think the first time i did ever see her was at the albatross audition um she was correct me if i'm wrong she was wearing an ikea bag as a look um, it was wild, and I was like, what is, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and I guess I didn't really get to know her until UDP, um, and she is also another one who is an absolute dream. She's a sweetheart. Um, the kind of person who you can vent to, and she'll be there for you, give you advice, also tell you you're fucking wrong. Um, but I, I, I'm a big fan of Pussy Willow, and I think her drag is improving daily, and I... Can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, 
This is self-serving. I want to ask you about Nicole. Nicole. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Let's keep it lovely. Okay, it's like, one, one it's called okay, tea time. Okay. And I'm parched. Nicole oh. endoscopy. So, I distinctly remember mm. the first time I heard about Nicole endoscopy. I don't think you know this. Okay. I was <laughs> okay. through um, Bijou who had gotten a, um, a follow on Instagram from Nicole Anoscopy. And yeah. she, had, like, we're outside of the West End. She's like, who's Nicole Anoscopy? I was like, I don't know. So I, like, looked into it. And I was like, I don't know, New York Queen, whatever, follow. Um, and then we just, like, started talking. Uh-huh. And uh, the first time we officially met, we also made our... Um, Fusion TV debut on uh, Shade Queens of NYC when we went yeah. to the drag tag sale uh, where you're prominently featured. Buying a um, gown from Tina mm-hmm. Burner. Yep. And I still have the things that I bought from Tina and uh, Holly that no one's ever worn since. But I'll yeah. <laughs> That's um, the present we discussed. There you go. Yeah. Nicole <laughs> is honestly one of my favorite people on the planet. We uh, obviously got very, very close through drag and watching her journey through UDP was really really special because i was there every week and i got and to i didn't see... lose like those other hosts no you did not you didn't oh. lose <laughs> i'm joking um, but no it was it was it was the first time that i felt i was seen as a collaborator in mm-hmm. nightlife because we we would bounce ideas you offered market. a lot yeah and watching i think like the first time I was like, this is someone who's going to be a great collaborator is when uh, you did end up winning Broadway Week mm-hmm. because you weren't sure what you're going to do. And I was like, well, you just did Little Shop, like pull from that. And it worked. It and, really and, did. And it did. And so watching Nicole's journey has been incredible for me. Um, I think having her as the first winner of Iconic was very fitting and appropriate and you if I can put the work in to make it happen Thanks. Um, but Nicole is also a great friend a great person and I am very grateful to have Nicole in my life Oh, I'm grateful for um, you I mean, should I spill some tea on Nicole yeah yes. Nicole still doesn't give me um, her Christmas present for me Vista uh, Prince holding it hostage yeah <laughs> it's okay maybe I'll get it for Christmas like 2020 <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Even, not even 2019, 2020. No, that's probably about on schedule. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so it's only fair. It's only fair. We got to talk a little bit about this little angel next to me, Seraphim. Seraphim. Okay. Um. So I think Pussy Willow famously said that like she forced Jacqueline to be her friend. I think I may have forced Seraphim to be my friend. True. I can, see that. I can support that. <laughs> I, so I met Seraphim at. Uh, Nicole Anoscopy's show at Albatross. I remember distinctly standing outside and this car pulling up and this drag queen coming out and I turned and Taylor to, Swift came out right? of the Taylor car. Swift comes out <laughs> and I was I was like, who the fuck is this? Did they like have a scheduling problem? Why is there another queen here? And they're like, oh, oh I forgot. Um, there's this queen from DC. She's like going to do a number. I was like, oh, cool. Um, and I remember watching and. Uh-huh. The first number been oh she's fun and then her I I just, I just love the moment when we're gonna talk about it you're like okay Seraphim you're up and she's still in the fucking bathroom changing because in DC you do multiple looks in New York you're like fuck that one look that's all you get for the day um, what's a drag bag yeah so but through that night um, I don't think I've ever gotten closer to somebody in such a quick time than with Seraphim. And I think we both get on each other's nerves, but I love her deeply. 
And I think her journey through Iconic was incredible. I think she is an incredible artist and kind of like Arya, very misunderstood and Mm -hmm. misrepresented by other people. And I think maybe it's because people are threatened because she's so different and so smart. And she's and so pretty. She's beyond pretty. Pretty it's, and it's, boring. Don't no, just let me meet pretty. No, that's not true. It, <laughs> it's, I think once Seraphim is as confident as she will be, it's, it's going to be a game changer. And I'm excited to see Seraphim host a show on her own. And it's going to be a really special... It's about time, universe. Yeah. Come on. I, I, I love Seraphim dearly. She's a very, very good friend. And I don't know where I would be without her. Um, you're missing one thing. What am I missing? Tea! Oh, tea. Oh, uh, I guess it um, took a long time to change. Tea. Well, no, tea. I mean, I think that, like, I, I'm gonna save the full story for when I finally get to interview Seraphim, <laughs> but I just want people to ask Seraphim, um, about the inspiration for her beat mix, um, because, <laughs> um, that story is quite incredible, and <laughs> that was a very special, um, day, and to know where the inspiration came from, uh, was quite funny at now watching that mix, which I think is one of my favorite mixes of yours. <laughs> but yeah, we're almost, I'll let you tell that story. <laughs> Alright, well I hope you all enjoyed your unsweetened iced tea. Tea Damn. time is <laughs> over! Oh my god, there were so many people I didn't get to talk about, but we'll have to do like episode like Oh my gosh, we could talk all day. <laughs> 320. All right, so I'm sure there are some things we haven't touched on, so Seraphim and I have some random questions okay, go that for we it. are going to get to. All right, Michael Bradley Block. You touched on this earlier, but give us all of your celebrity crushes. Um, Hunter Foster. Hunter Foster. Hunter Parrish. Hunter Foster. Ew, ew. Hunter, um, oh, he's lovely. No, Hunter no. Foster. Um, Hunter Parrish, uh, Jonathan Groff. Oh, dear God. Um... I've now recently, like, started to understand the appeal of Shawn Mendes. Oh, you're just starting? And Troy Sivan. Like, oh, they're both quite pretty. Very um, pretty. Yeah. Yes. I have a type. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Seraphim? Do you have any questions? Um, yeah. I wanted to know, um, do you have any plans for Iconic Season 3? Do Ooh. I have any plans? Yes, I have plans, but we've not discussed the plans as a group, so I can't reveal any plans because I have to get them approved. I can't well, I can't be the one making all the plans, but I oh, I want to explore the the doing new things. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are obviously things that have to stay like a Broadway weeks of sorts has to be in there. We have to keep icons at icon. Um, but I want to I want to change it up a little bit. I want to really challenge everybody. Um, and I think maybe, like, fuck this first, as much as I love that first week of getting to know you, maybe we don't even do it, and we thrust everyone in and give them a theme for the first week. Production. Um, Yeah. Week one. But I I think other changes, like, two seasons in, there are a lot of things that worked, there are things that didn't work, and that's okay, and that's the learning curve of it. By by all stars, we'll have it perfect, but no, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, things that are going to be adjusted after we've learned what has not worked. Mm-hmm. All right, so you obviously spend a lot of time out and about drinking, supporting your local queens. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite bars to frequent as a oh, drag patron? Oh, no. God. Okay, I love you all. Mm, okay, obviously Icon. I, I mean... We love Icon. As, 
I as a story of boy right now, Icon is very very special place for me. It's definitely home. Um, I enjoy Albatross. Um, I think any place where you feel welcome by the staff is somewhere I want to go. It's important. Yeah. Very Rock important. Rock bar. On certain nights is where I want like to be because mm-hmm. Tom is so sweet. The loveliest. I'm so like, grateful to work with so him every Tuesday. So getting a, being able to like make a connection with those kinds of people. That's what I appreciate. I'm not necessarily that kind of person who will go out and party and go to like hardware on a Saturday or therapy or industry when there's dance parties. Not my thing. Too sweaty. Too gross. And cool. Um... But there, there are times when I like to go to those places or like Stonewall on a Sunday and ha- see Mike Salinari back there. Mm-hmm. And like him, for him being like, don't be a stranger, that's the kind of environment I like to be. You like at. the Cheers experience. Yeah. I mean, Cheers is definitely one of my favorite uh, sitcoms. So, like, yeah, anything like that is where I want to be. More community oriented spaces. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, are you planning any Disney trips this summer? Not Maybe not this summer. So, my family has a timeshare at the boardwalk. Um, we are the Disney Vacation Club people, and I um, want to go to Disney quite, quite, quite badly, um, but there have been so many new things happening there where I'm like, maybe I have to wait till it's all ready, because obviously the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is opening soon. Um, there's going to be a new Tron ride at um, Magic Kingdom eventually, and like there are a lot of things happening. But there's so many things I've missed since I was there in 2013. Like, I have not seen this Avatar Land yet. I haven't mm-hmm. seen the new Toy Story Land. I love Disney. Yeah. But I also recently have been, um, when I'm, like, home and sad, I'll be watching Disney vlogs of, like, random people who, like, get paid to go to Disney. The dream. I want to do that. And, like, there was a moment a couple weeks ago where I was like, I'm just dropping everything. Fuck New York. Goodbye. I'm going to be a Disney vlogger. Yeah. And then I realized, well, I can't really do that because I don't live in Florida and have access to it. But that's, like, a dream. I love Disney. I would love to be able to go to all the international Disneys as well. Here, Disneyland Central Park. Oh, no. Ah! Let's do it. Let's do it. No, see, like, that's the thing. Tear up Central Park. If you, like, look at, like, um, the Disney Tokyo or Disney um, Shanghai... They, or, or Paris even, they have a lot of rain, so it's not always the best experience. There's a reason why you have it in uh, Orlando. And oh, yeah. It never rains on Orlando. It, it, right. It's always gorgeous. And if it's going to rain, it's going to rain for like a little bit. Um, but I, there, you have to do it in this, like a warm climate. Oh, yes. But I love Disney. All right. So we'll end this segment. I want to know, what is one unpopular opinion that you, Michael, have Unpopular, yes, or wrong opinion. What, what, what? Unpopular. It's all on the table. I Something that you just do not see eye to eye with other people on. I mean, at this point, like it's funny being called a sugar daddy, but like I don't have the funds to actually be a sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah so send daddy. him a Venmo, folks, and so hey, he can support hey. his girls. Yes, please. Oh my god, what if I just started a GoFundMe? Like, a GoFundMe, to, to be a sugar the sugar daddy, daddy fund. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> No, it's not. I mean, I've now started to embrace it. Obviously, those rumors started back with Bijou, and after one freaking pair of heels that I got, and then exploded from there. Yeah. But honestly, I've 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 embraced it. It's become a joke. I mean, Vanna got me the Sugar Daddy Road sign for Christmas, <laughs> and I, I I embrace it. Um, I'm eventually I don't know when or where it's going to be, but I'm going to do the uh, Little Miss Sugar Daddy pageant, which is going to be a complete parody Ooh. pageant. Um, just to make fun of it and let everybody like have fun. Um, so yeah, that's it's an unpopular opinion on my end. 
because I got fucking red for it during um, Iconic Season 1 uh, Roast Challenge. <laughs> real, um, hard. real hard. Real <laughs> hard. And it was, isn't it funny that the right, first person Nicole. to start that was Nicole. You know. If you can't read yourself, right? Yeah. Amen. I mean, let's be real people. I can't afford the shit Nicole gets for herself. I That's can't tea. either. I can't either. I'm looking at that gray t-shirt you're wearing. In the red. In oh the red. Oh my god. More tea on Seraphim. Seraphim likes to make fun of my fashion choices. Hateful. Mm-hmm. So does everybody else. All right. You also thought that <laughs> Nina West's elimination runway look was excellent. And I will say that that was an unpopular <laughs> opinion. Whatever. All Sorry. right. Well, it is now time, Seraphim, for <laughs> Pop Five Rapid Fire. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Let's okay. Here we go, Seraphim. Number one, Drag Race Finale. Um, I'm very excited. I think there's only one possible uh, outcome, and it is Evie Oddly winning. Um, I can see how Brooklyn could win based simply on track record, but with this season being such a fucking shit show and everyone being upset about some of the results, I think Rue has to give us the result that the fans want. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the um, shares and likes and everything... It's Evie Oddly. She's crushing it. She, I mean, after that um, that performance in the music video, I just, you, you have to crown her. That was one of the most perfect things we've ever seen on it this show. Incredible. It was so good. Um, number two, Game of Thrones season f- series finale. So I famously screamed at my television at the end of Lost because <laughs> I hated the finale so much. And those two men who created Lost did the same thing to me at Game of Thrones. It's the same writers? Yeah. Gaggy. Um, that series finale was bullshit. The season was bullshit. Uh, now knowing that the two of them were like, we're, we don't want to do anymore, I want them to say we fucked up and we should have let the show continue on with new writers. Um, but I just cannot believe some of the choices they made. I need George R. R. Martin to come out and be like, I do not approve I'm not writing this in my books, and I just... I hope we get a different ending. It, he, he, I don't... I, as a writer, I don't understand the character arcs of some of these characters and the, yeah. how they culminated. Like, how so do rushed. you fucking let Cersei die in, a, in Rumble? Like, no! You have to give her that final standoff. Like, that is what we want. We need to see her versus Danny or her versus Arya or something. That's how that character arc ends. And then, to, I mean, at this point, spoiler alert, to have Jon Snow literally make out and then stab Danny? No. No. And then Bran? No. <laughs> yeah. It was. I'm not thrilled by it. I want to, in maybe a couple months rewatch the entire series and see if that helps inform things and make me feel better about how things happen. Because what, it was like a year and a half almost since we got the last season. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of time in between. I just thought that was one of the worst finales in the history of television. Yeah, see. Um, this year's Tony nominations. Bullshit, also. Wow, <laughs> bullshit. Um, I think that the Tony Awards need to maybe get some new people on the panel. Um, and I get it. The Tony nominators are often looking for things that are going to make money in the future. I'm on the road, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
I know that Head Over Heels was not a much-loved show by critics, but when you have an entire fan base madly in love with the performance of Bonnie Milligan, and for her to not get nominated, that is the biggest travesty of the season. Um, I'm heartbroken that Bonnie was not nominated. Mm -hmm. Me too. Number four, the Aladdin movie. Um... I know a lot of people don't like um, what they saw from Prince Ali, but like, if you're going to cast Will Smith, you got to like let it break down a little bit, and it was yeah. kind of fun. Um, I think it's going to be meh, in the words of RuPaul. Um, I am worried mostly about the guy playing Jafar, because like, he's not scary or intimidating at all. Like Literally, his voice is way too high. And them shaming, them I know. shaming on No, but like you, what you know the like the cartoon and like Jafar is really like deep voice and scary and like his voice is not deep. He's like hello, right? But it, it's still like darker than what this guy is gonna give. But I, I am optimistic. Aladdin's not one of my favorite films, um, but I'll watch it when it's on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Already and number five, the <laughs> the finale of Survivor. Why are we giving me bullshit things? Um, I I watched, so for those who are Survivor fans, um, this season was called Edge of Extinction, and then they decided to throw this stupid-ass twist in where if you get voted out, you can decide to come back in by living on the edge of extinction. Everybody did except for two people. Two people ended up quitting after they didn't get back in the first time, whatever. Um... But what happened this season was there was a lot of producer interference, and the first guy who won their way back in, like, the first time he got back in, he had this immunity idol, and you're like, he didn't earn it, whatever. And he, like, made it all the way to the end, and then all of a sudden they have another challenge to get another person back in, and wouldn't you know, that person gets an immunity idol, and then makes a deal to be in the next um, round, and then Chris Underwood wins Survivor. He played 13 days in the actual game and still won Survivor. The game is broken. And that's really sad. But I think what's even sadder is that season 40 is going to be an all-winter season, and there are a lot of um, uh, people who are not included in that cast that should be included in that cast, and I'm still going to watch it, but I'm very sad about that casting. I'm very sorry for your loss. <sighs> like, as I make a, I make jokes that like Survivor and Big Brother are the longest relationships I have. The day those two shows get canceled... I don't know nothing like for you. Nothing. Life. Like I know real world went sad. on like yeah. Real world went on like hiatus and like it was gone for a while, but like now they're coming back. I don't know. I me and reality TV, it's the only relationship that like works. So as your listeners know, you like to end every uh, episode with a question from your previous guest. Mm-hmm. We did not have access to the question from Correct. your previous guest. So we took to the Instagram polls. <laughs> and do we have some fan corner questions oh for you? Boy. What is this going to be? Oh my gosh. So this first series of questions comes from one person. And I will not tell you who asked these questions. You will have to ask <laughs> who asked these questions. Oh this person would first like to know what would be your ideal way of dying? My ideal way of dying? Okay. <laughs> um, because dragons aren't real, probably not fire, but... Um, I mean, fire still exists, though. Yeah, no, but I, would, I, want, I want to go out like with a spectacle. 
Oh, um, burning to death just isn't glamorous if it's no, not it's, from it's a dragon. No, it's not from a dragon. Um, I don't know. Getting I think... crushed by a set piece on stage. <laughs> Honestly, it's almost when I worked on Angel in America, that almost happened a couple times. During tech once, um, they didn't really realize that there was not enough room between the set piece that we had to move and the back wall, and I was stuck there for a couple minutes. Work. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know what? Let's go with, like, like A stage crush. accident. Yeah. Stage That'd be cute. Accident. It makes sense probably, for you. It's probably going to happen, like, at Iconica sometime. Oh, certainly. <laughs> All right. If it were prepared by a five-star chef, would you eat human meat? Ooh. Um, if it's the meat of an enemy, absolutely. Oh, Just, she's spiteful. She is spiteful. Have you met me? All right, uh, very important question mm-hmm. here. Uh, spit or swallow? Oh, God. She's on the fence. No, I, I, I'm, uh, I'll admit it, I don't really give blowjobs often. All right. I get them. I wasn't talking, I was talking about, uh, steak. Sure, of, of course, course, steak. But, uh, uh yes. <laughs> yeah, we were, it was uh, about the human meat thing still, but you want to take it there. Okay. Wow. All right. If you had to watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? And rat why? Race, rat race, rat race, rat race, rat, rat race, race. Rat race. Okay. I love rat race. Um, I am <laughs> going to make Zalika and Michelle shocked watch that movie because they've never seen it before. So we're going to t- like turn make Mike watch into make you watch. Um, I love Rat Race. I've seen the movie a million times. I own the DVD. Me and my brother just loved it when it came out. We can quote it all over the place. It's funny. It's stupid. And Honestly, when it came out, I didn't realize how much of like a reality show it was. Like it was the it's it's the Amazing Race. It is, it, and that's I think why I'm so in love with that movie. I could watch Rat Race all the time, know the jokes are coming, and still crack the fuck up. Any guesses as to who asked all of those questions? I'm gonna say Pussy Willow. Oh my gosh, she knows her audience. Because I've been to Pussy Show where she asked about the meat. Oh yes. All right, Seraphim, your turn. <laughs> um, Arya Derchi wants to know. Uh, if you had to eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life, where would you eat? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I'm going to actually say there's a local Mexican place in Wyckoff, New Jersey called Blue Moon. They have my absolute favorite um, buffalo chicken burrito. I could actually eat that every night. Oh, that sounds so good. It's Slay. so yeah. good. It's, <laughs> and basically, anytime I go home, I'm, I tell my parents, like, we have to go there just for this. And my dad will be like, let's go to a different Mexican place. I'm like, nope, I'm home for three days. I want this. All right. The superb Andy Starling would like to know, if you were a drag queen, what would your name be? And tell us a little bit about your aesthetic. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, man. I thought we established this is not going to ever happen. Um, So I guess, like, I... So I was in a writing class. It was a uh, web series writing class. And I was writing a play about a fictional um, gay bar. And in that... um, web series that I had created a drag character that I was very proud of the name so I think I'm just gonna keep that name um Cassiopeia okay uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. tell us about her um she's an Irish fetish queen apparently mm. um because it's Cassio apostrophe well, of course of course um I don't know I I I have apparently been challenged recently apparently there's a small contingent of people who would like to see me do drag um just for a night not uh-huh. like actually do drag but just for like a night I would potentially do it if I can guarantee that there will be an audience of supportive friends there. Um, and I've already determined if this was going to happen. I w- there are two songs I would sing. I would open with Pulled from the Adams Family. Sing? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a live mm-hmm. singing queen. Pulled from uh, the Adams Family. 
and then end with You'll Be Back from Hamilton. All right. And maybe in the middle, since no one's used it yet, maybe I'm going to be the one to debut my uh, Broadway sex addict mix. There you go. It's very good. It's really I good. Want Bijou it. didn't want it. I want it. Bijou. Wants it. You... If, if you're done with it, let me have it, girl. <laughs> I, All right. It's, it's the first mix I ever made. I'm really proud of it. It's very cute. Uh, Michelle Shocked asked, what type of drag is your favorite? Ooh, that's going to get me in trouble, I'm sure. No, honestly, I appreciate all drag. Um, obviously, with a background in theater, I always appreciate musical theater. Um, I love campy drag. I love going to see drag that makes me feel something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's happy or excited, I like to be to feel something when I see a performance um and it doesn't always have to be like can't be stupid i can see something artistic and feel very moved and happy about it but anything that's going to make me feel something yeah all right well in a similar vein uh season two winner audrey phoenix would like to know what is the single standout performance that you have seen amongst the thousands you've caught wow okay i think one of my favorite performances i've ever seen was on 420, when Sasha Valor got to redo her um, first nightgowns back from Drag Race. She hadn't won yet. She was still in the middle of season nine. She opened the show with the um, Beatles cover, um, Carry That Weight by Jennifer Hudson. And she had this entire, it was with the rest of the cast, she had the entire background at National Sawdust basically be a cloudscape. Mm-hmm. And she got up on this ladder and there was just a spotlight on her face. I've never heard those lyrics more. Yeah. It was one of the most incredible performances. And that was the moment I was like, okay, if Sasha Valore wins, I'm happy with that. Because like, on the show, I was like, yeah, she's fine. I don't really, I'm not connecting with her. Seeing her live, I connected with Hardcore. And I loved that performance. And I'll rewatch it. Thank God it's on YouTube. It's so good. Um, Boyish Charm asks, who is your, uh, who was the worst guest to interview? And then she follows it with, I dare you to answer. Ooh, um, um, I think I'm not going to answer. <gasps> no, oh. I, I, no, there, there have been a couple people that it is like pulling teeth trying to get answers out of. Mm-hmm. And I will give a hint that it's not a solo interview. It came from a recap. Oh boy, I think I know as a listener. <laughs> well, it was one of the most painful interviews I have ever done. Well, and I was I like, I guess I'll never I'm... do a recap again. You haven't done a recap. You did a, I did. Uh, no, you did a preview, so you've never done, officially done a recap. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. There's a difference. <laughs> all right, well, I do believe those are all the questions that we had from our oh, fans. Yeah, that was, at thanks, home. fans. Oh, yeah. So I think our time has run out here with you, Michael. So what upcoming projects do we have to look forward from you, Michael Bradley Well, I, I think we're going to be redoing Iconic back in the fall. We'll be getting ready for season three, which means keep your eyes out because we're going to have to do a win-in again soon. Absolutely. Um, and I'm excited to do that. Block Party will be back very soon. 
Um, and there are little things that I'm planning on trying to make happen. Like, I'd love to do this Little Miss Sugar Daddy pageant. I want to do another Block Talk Live. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be pitching a interactive show called Banner Snatch This Gig. And yes. I want it to be a Choose Your Own Adventure show for the audience. Um, I love that. I don't know where it's going to be, what it's going to be, how it's going to be formatted. But all I want it to be is very interactive. Yes. Amazing. But from there, I'm writing. And I got... We're working on a musical again after two years, and we'll see how that goes. So exciting. And yeah, I'm just keeping busy with the podcast, the website, and I want to go to Six Flags and yeah. Fire Island. I want to have a fun summer. Okay, and remind the people where they can find you on the socials. You can find me at Michael Block Talk on Instagram. If you want to follow me on Twitter, because I don't really use it or ever check it, it's Theater in the Now. And make sure you check out theaternow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Ha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Michael. You Thank are you. the best friend. Thanks for keeping us I... in the know with all things drag, theater. We appreciate you very much. Thank you both for doing this. It really means a lot. I love you both. Mwah! The biggest thanks to Nicole and Seraphim for coming on and interviewing me. Follow them on Instagram at Nicoleonoscopy and at SeraphimNYC. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.